Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Fellow redeemed, we Christians often hear that we're in the world, but not of it. That is, the church is separate from the world. And if there's ever a time of year where this truth is plainly seen, it's now. The world around us has already begun its celebration of Christmas. And truth be told, this celebration began at least a month ago, not longer. And this celebration consists of buying earthly goods, parties and get-togethers with plenty of food and drinks. It proclaims a works righteous mentality that is of being good in order to get something in return. And all of this leads up to December 25th, this Christmas Day. And yet this Christmas celebration is void of Christ. They've taken Christ out of Christmas. The other possibility is that they leave Christ in Christmas, and yet they only see his birth as a cute story, but nothing more. And as Christians, it's hard not to get sucked into all of this, especially as the world speaks of thinking of others, of joy and happiness and peace, terms that we often use as Christians, and yet the world's definitions of these words completely different. As the world has no faith in Jesus, they will never know true joy, true happiness, true and lasting peace. And so it is that the church is of the world, or in the world, but not of it. We're not like the world around us. And it's apparent this day, as we only have up our Advent wreath, and we see the pyramids have changed from green to blue. And I know we're all anxiously awaiting for the church to be decorated. But the fact that we're waiting to do this nicely highlights this distinction, this difference between the world and us. It would cause us to pause and to reflect that the church isn't celebrating Christmas at this time. We're in the season of Advent. And like the season of Lent, Advent is a penitential season. A season of prayerful and penitential reflection. A season to devote oneself to prayer and the studying and hearing of God's word. It's why, in addition to the congregation at prayer, you've been given a daily devotion. It's why we're offering private confession and absolution, which, by the way, we offer anytime. And it's why we're offering midweek Advent services. As the world around you is trying to distract you with its riches that won't endure, with the pleasures that will lead you away from Christ, you need this prayerful and penitential reflection. You need the word of God in your ears and on your heart so that you may stay awake in the faith, to be vigilant and focused on Jesus, who is our life. As we heard last week, he will come again. 
In fact, the season of Advent would have us focus on the second coming of Jesus, his second advent. The word advent is derived from the Latin word meaning to come to, to arrive. Where Jesus came to save the world in his first advent, in his first coming, in his second advent, his second coming, Jesus will come again in all power and might to judge the living and the dead. Here he'll separate the goats from the sheep. That is, the unbelievers from the true believers. The unbelievers will be condemned to eternal death. The true believers will be vindicated, welcomed into heaven to live with Jesus for all eternity. And so it is that we might rightly receive him when he comes again, We must understand, that is, we must know, we must believe how and why Jesus comes to us in his first advent. It's why we're considering this common Passion Week text on this, the first Sunday of the new church year. Listen to St. Matthew's words again. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them. And he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt full of a beast of burden. As Jesus is true God in human flesh and blood, why would the almighty, the all-powerful God come to us in such a humble manner? First and foremost, it's important to understand that we can't come to him by our own power or strength. St. Paul writes in his first letter to the Corinthians, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Holy Scripture reveals that we're born dead in sin, without any spiritual powers to save ourselves. We're born hostile to God, enemies of God, traitors to our Creator. Sinful flesh is set on making ourselves king, on calling the shots as if somehow we were in control of things. And so on account of sin, on account of this rejection of God, God would be right and just and coming to us in anger, in judgment, in pouring out his wrath and punishment upon sinful man. And yet, he doesn't. He comes to us humbly in the person of Jesus in order to save you from sin and death and the devil. St. Paul puts it this way, In his letter to the Philippians, though he, that is Christ, was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, 
taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Desiring your salvation from sin and death and the devil, the almighty, the all-powerful God takes on human flesh and blood in the person of Jesus. Setting aside his power and might, takes on the form of a servant. Placing himself under the law of God and perfectly fulfilling it for you. And not only that, but on the day when the Passover lamb would be selected, that is, that Sunday of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, our Lord himself comes to Jerusalem on a lowly donkey, offering himself to be the true Passover to suffer and die for the sin of the world. And he would, days later. As the sin bearer, your Lord Jesus Christ was condemned to die on the cross. He would suffer the Father's punishment for your sin. He died the death that you deserve. And Jesus did this all for you. You can't come to him by your own natural powers, so he comes humbly to save you. Laying in the bonds of sin and death, he came to set you free from eternal damnation through his blood. To bring you into his kingdom, to live with him, and to serve him in everlasting righteousness and innocence and blessedness. Consider what took place in the waters of holy baptism. Though this looks Humble, through the humble means of word and water, God comes to you. He washed away your sins and put his name upon you. He's called you out of the darkness of sin and into his marvelous light. And in your ongoing struggle with sin, in your struggle with the world that seeks to draw you away from Christ, and his eternal gifts. Don't turn to your own efforts. Come and meet Christ where he promises to come to you today. In his word of absolution. Here he speaks a word of peace. A peace that surpasses all human understanding. That is the peace of sins forgiven. That you've been reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus. And at his altar, through humble means of bread and wine, he gives you his very body and blood. And all the blessings that flow from his first advent. Forgiveness of sins. That strengthens and preserves you in the one true faith as you struggle through the trials of this life. Fellow redeemed, while the world around you is racing towards their false understanding of Christmas, while the world is trying to distract you by those things that don't endure during this penitential season of Advent and beyond, 
You are to set your heart and mind on Christ. The one who came humbly once to save you, he comes to you now through humble means of word and sacrament to pour out upon you all the blessings of his first advent, his first coming. And through these humble means of his word and sacrament, the Holy Spirit kindles in you a light of faith. A light of faith that receives Jesus as the promised Messiah, the promised Christ, our Savior. He kindles in you the light of faith that looks forward to Christ's second coming, His second advent. We await with joy and hope for that day. For our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. And so throughout this blessed season of Advent, let us go forth from here to tell all of our family and friends this good news so that they too may receive the eternal gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation. That they may receive these gifts through the one who came for us, who comes for us now, and who will come again for us. God be praised. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.